Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Hi, Pearls. This reflection comes from Brittany Cooper's new, new book. It is called Eloquent Rage. What does it look like for black women to move freely through space when we are always confronting the precariousness of life at the intersections of race and gender, of class and mental health, of love and dreams? Erica Badu once famously cautioned black women about the cost of carrying too much baggage. Bag lady, you're going to miss your bus. You can't hurry up because you got too much stuff. Badu then coolly advises, pack light. But of course, that is not entirely our choice. Black women did not agree to or apply for the job of baggage handlers for the nation. With histories as forced laborers and forced breeders, so much of our employment history in this country has simply not been up to us. Our lives are strewn about with structurally deposited baggage. If we assume the radical position that it isn't ours to carry, we are called lazy, degenerate, angry, irresponsible. The nation waves its fingers at us in accusation, demanding that we take the weight. And often we accede to these demands, taking the weight against our will, but taking it nonetheless. Black women take it upon ourselves to challenge stereotypes, to raise respectable children, to build homes, communities, and churches, despite our chronic condition of underemployment. We are masters of resting sustenance from insufficiency. We combat structurally imposed trauma, much as Erica Badu demanded of both herself and us by taking responsibility for the weight we carry. Again, that's from Brittany Cooper's latest book. It's called Eloquent Rage. She is an awesome black scholar and black feminist activist, and I encourage you to check out both her academic work and her work with the Crunk Feminist Collection and uh, her latest book, Eloquent Rage. Awesome, Jamie. I truly, 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 truly enjoyed that text, Eloquent Rage. And if you all have not read that text, y'all need to get it, like, ASAP, because you're missing out. Since today we're going to be talking about black excellence, I wanted to share an adventure about Black excellence, of course. So recently, you know, Mother's Day just passed, and part of my Mother's Day gift to my mother was to go see the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater Company dancing at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center uh, Mother's Day weekend. And so apparently the Alvin Ailey dancers come every year to NJPAC to celebrate Mother's Day weekend. And so I was like, I've never seen the Alvin Ailey dancers perform Um, just kind of in this area. I've seen them perform, you know, in other spaces, but just never in, like, in the New York area. And so my mother and I, we went, and we had a great time. I mean, they did pieces that Alvin Ailey composed, not composed, but uh, choreographed. There we go. (laughs) That he choreographed back in the 70s and pieces that he did um, just years ago. And, of course, they performed that piece that we all love so much and that everyone comes to see, and that is Revelations. And so Revelations really tells the story of uh, black people, you know, in terms of where we were coming from the plantation and just finding our way to freedom and just the celebration of our faith, the celebration of our culture, the celebration of our bodies and movement. And so it just kind of starts out with us in the field and just like I've been buked and I've been scorned till we get to rock a my soul in, in the bosom of Abraham and everybody's got, you know, their pretty church dresses on and the guys got on their vests and their tie, little bow ties and whatnot. And it's just really, really, really cute um, just to see them dancing and just I love just black people and, and bodies and just seeing us move. And if I in another life had an opportunity, I would be a dancer. But, you know, I'm a preacher and that's fine too. Um not that I can't dance, but, you know, uh, I don't dance really like that anymore. I mean, I used to dance in the band in college, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. 
But in any case, I really, really, really enjoyed watching the Ailey dancers. And my mom had a great time. So that was something that she's always kind of wanted to do was to see the Alvin Ailey dancers one day. And, yeah, so the Alvin Ailey dancers have been dancing since, you know, 1958, y'all. And that was actually the year my mother was born. Actually, no, she was born in 59. My dad was born in 58. But in any case, so since 1958, the Alvin Ailey dancers have been dancing. And we love that piece called Revelations with an S, not Revelation like the Bible book, but Revelations with an S. You know, not to be petty, but, you know, sometimes we jack that up. Um, we, sometimes we say Revelations when referring to the book of the Bible when it's actually called Revelation. And Alvin Ailey is called Revelations with an S. I just want to clear that up, you know, not to be too petty, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, Jamie, that is my adventure. That's awesome. And the Alvin Ailey dancers, I have seen them in the past in D.C., and they truly are black excellence. Alvin Ailey was black excellence, RIP. And before we get into our episode for today, I also wanted to say I know that we also did not say um, rest in peace and bid a fond farewell to James Cohn, who I know both Portia and I read in Divinity School. I read him during my senior year of college uh, for the first time. And uh, he was a huge part of kind of always what I wanted to be as a minister and what I wanted to embody as a minister. One thing that I'll say about James Cone is obviously James Cone was uh, steeped in theologians like Karl Barth and some of the other uh, well-known white and European uh, theologians. But James Cone really relied on theology to love on black people and to make us not so denigrated in the larger milieu of white church and instead to imbue us with the honor and respect and the dignity that we can find in theology, that we can find through the message of Jesus Christ. Portia, I don't know if you have anything else to add about James Cone and his legacy. So his legacy is something that literally he is, he was, I, I still say is because, you know, we transitioned from natural body into the spirit, but he was someone who we all need to familiarize ourselves with, regardless of our practices, regardless of our discipline. I can honestly say that as someone who has been educated by people who were educated by James Cone, so like my pastor uh, was a student of James Cone, I had professors who were students of James Cone, I my ordination was preached by a woman who was a student of James Cone. And so to have that, the residue of his work being imprinted on the lives of people who matter to me and the kind of being the recipient of that, even though I did not sit at his feet, it matters. And so I think we would not be here in the way that we would be if it had not been for the work or the risks that he took. He uh, was hated by so many and because he challenged the norm of, of theology and to say that God is black. And what does that mean to say that God is black and that God has to be black on the side of the oppressed, right? And so that was huge. And so he pioneered, he blazed trails and pathways, and because of him we have what is known as um, womanist theology and womanist ethics, merging the principles of Alice Walker. And so I'm very grateful and thankful for his legacy and the life that he has led. And so to the Reverend Dr. James Howell Cole, we say ashe. So today's episode, uh, we are talking all about the past year in black excellence. We, we can't obviously, unfortunately, talk about every single uh, event that a black person or a group of black people have done this year. But Portia and I do want to lift up a few examples of just excellent black people in this past year and excellent things that black people have done. And uh, what we do know is that in communities of faith, in neighborhoods, in nonprofits, in um, businesses, in law firms, in companies, all over this country every day, black people are doing extraordinary things. And so we just want to salute everybody black uh, who is working to make the world a better and more productive place, who's representing, who's working hard, who's hustling, whether you are in school, whether you are working, uh, whether you are raising a family. You're 
excellent, and we want to salute you. So, Portia, who's the first individual that you would like to give our first Black Excellence Award to for this year? So, first and foremost, if we're going to illuminate Black Excellence, I have got to talk about the mother of all, I think, of 2018 Black Excellence and giving us the greatest live performance that we have ever seen, ever, period. I don't care of what era I'm talking about this era of just the universe, and I am talking about Mother Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, okay, because she did something phenomenal at Coachella, which is now renamed to be Baychella, you know, just FYI, if you didn't know, it's now Baychella. She literally had occupied one of the most whitest spaces and whitest music festivals ever created outside of, like, Woodstock to then take on this space to say, I'm the first black woman ever to do this, to headline this, so I'm going to create this space and make it my own and to bring all my people with me. And she literally did. And so Beyonce carefully crafted a performance that honored the tradition and the breadth and the legacy of black people. And how could you do that without acknowledging the heart of historically black colleges and universities. And so as a very, very proud alumna of Spelman College, my heart was full. As a very proud member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, my heart was full. As a very, very proud alumna of the House of Funk Marching Band of Morehouse College, my heart was full. To see that marching band come up onto the stage to see those dancers coming and majorette style along with Beyonce as they were walking in to see them, you know, have like steppers and kind of doing things that she learned from school days and kind of watching the references from Alpha Phi Alpha, the references of Alpha Kappa Alpha, to see the references from Southern's marching band, from Jackson State's marching band. It was so incredible. And she started off, you know, just with formation, but then even kind of giving us a little bit of the Negro National Anthem, which was written by Sigma, hey, James Weldon Johnson, and lift every voice and sing, and just seeing all of this kind of come together on the stage for two hours of amazingness, it was really, truly, truly a delight. She had her sister come out. She had her husband, Jay-Z, come out. She reunited Destiny's Child with her, and she uh, acknowledged the women that that, that came before her, that she knew that she would not have had this moment without their hard work, like Diana Ross and Whitney Houston and Patti LaBelle, like she acknowledged, and Donna Summer, like she acknowledged like the women who came before her. And so Beyonce is having a fantastic year um, with Beychella. Her and Jay-Z are going on the run once more for On the Run Tour 2, and they're just doing amazing work. And so she's also uh, kind of rebooted her scholarship program. So last year we kind of saw her giving scholarships to students from Spelman, Howard, from Parsons, and I think it's Berkeley. Uh, I know it was another it was a music school, but she gave these scholarships, and so now she's kind of expanded the program to students from other schools and other HBCUs, and so she's definitely expanded her her giving and wanting to support uh, historically black college students. And so I am tipping my hat off. I am saluting Queen Mother of all Beychellaness, and that is Miss Beyonce. Yes. Yeah, Beyonce definitely put on quite a show at Coachella. And it's been, I think, really a joy for all of us who have watched Beyonce over the years to see her evolution from a little girl in Destiny's Child to really evolving into the fullness of who she is as a black woman and proudly articulating that in the Lemonade era. You know, we've seen Beyonce twist and turn and change a lot, but I feel like she's finally found her lane as an artist and as an activist, as a woman, as a mother, as a sister, as a girlfriend to her sisters from Destiny's Child. And so it really was a privilege to see her performing and just kind of living into her, 
who she feels she's meant to be and inspiring so many of us. So thank yeah. you for that, Portia. And I love how she even made space for Chloe and Hallie, who dropped their debut album this year. They were also at Coachella, now mm-hmm. known as Daychella. So Chloe and Hallie, her um, first signed artist to Parkwood Entertainment, her own production company. So they were also at Daychella. And so Chloe and Hallie just put out their first album, which is fantastic. And so if y'all haven't heard Chloe and Hallie's album, The Kids Are All Right, go check that out too. Shout out to Beyonce. So, Jamie, who do you have to illuminate in our Black Excellence Pearly Awards ceremony? (laughs) Yeah, year one. We might have to make it an annual thing. So the first person who I want to lift up is Sister Tarana Burke. And we all saw something that I don't want to celebrate happening this year, which is we saw doors opening and all of this sexual abuse and sexual assault that's been happening was illuminated. And while I think that that's a really positive thing, it was also such a sad thing, wasn't it, to see our timelines on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on what other other social media sites that you use being populated by women and by people of color and by people who belong to the LGBT community who were telling these stories of sexual assault and harassment that they felt like they weren't able to tell sometimes over the course of almost entire lives. And so that was sad and that was tragic. And another probably unfortunate byproduct of that is that the reason why the conversation became so big is because there were white Hollywood actresses who were emerging and telling their stories. But we all know as Americans that the truth of the matter is that while definitely white women are victims of sexual abuse and sexual assault, and we don't want to discourage anyone from telling their stories, we know that America was built on the backs of black flesh. Black flesh, flesh that was harmed physically, black flesh that was raped, that was assaulted, that was abused, that was neglected, that was ripped apart and torn apart. We know that that's the truth of the American experience. We know that that's the truth for women of color throughout the world who are used essentially as the world's sex objects, uh, who are beaten, abused, left in the street for dead. We know that that's the truth of the matter. And so while I definitely celebrate um, wealthier women who are able to emerge and to tell their stories, I also want to salute Tarana Burke, who for years has been highlighting the stories of women of color, of poor women, of women with just everyday regular jobs who are being assaulted and abused in the world, in the streets, at their jobs. Sometimes we have to tell the truth about it. People are being assaulted even within the context of religious spaces, even within the context of their homes, right? We have to tell the truth of the matter. And so the really positive thing that's come out of it is that even though Tarana Burke's name wasn't lifted when the Me Too movement first began as a movement, what we now know is that she's been doing the work. We know that there are lots of other women all over the country who for years have been working at rape crisis centers, who have been working in women's and battered women's shelters, who have been working with the homeless, and who have been calling out to this issue and pointing at it. And so I hope that Tarana Burke's work and the work of women like her, I hope that this is just the beginning and that it won't just be a conversation that happens in Hollywood so that women can get higher pay and so that women won't be assaulted on the job in Hollywood, which is important, but that it will also stretch across all industries, that it will stretch into our homes, that it will stretch into our religious spaces, that we'll realize that time is up. Women and people of color and members of the LGBT community, we're not going to take it anymore, that we won't be assaulted, we won't be harassed, and if we are, that we won't remain silent about it. And I just want everyone listening to know that if any part of that is your story, come forward, get the support that you need, whether that's counseling, whether that's potentially exposing what someone has done to you, whether it's even needing to go into a new space, uh, you know, if you need help making a move, whatever it is, reach out, get help, you know, find a friend that you can speak to, find a counselor you can speak to, find um, a preacher or a pastor or a religious leader who you can speak to. If you're still a student, 
find an educator who you can speak to because it's all of our jobs to look out for each other so that this crisis doesn't continue in America or anywhere else around the world. So shout out to Tarana Burke and to all of the fearless women like her who are making a huge difference in the world. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, what Tarana Burke, her work has done has now created space for so many women. And it, it, it's just beyond, you know, what now these women who are now coming forward, um, I am glad to see that people are coming together in community to say, you know, silence is, you know, silence is not going to protect us or save us and that we need to come together and that we need to speak out against these perpetrators you know, and bring some of this stuff to the light, you know, because it, it, it's devastating in the community. And so uh, I salute Sister Tarana for all that she's doing because this is important work. Um, as I think about someone who was abused in their relationship, who I'm going to give my Black Excellent Award to, uh, who I have, who I've, we've all watched kind of just rise above um, the abusive relationship that she had with Miles Davis, is none other than Cicely Tyson. Cicely Tyson was a victim of uh, domestic violence, and so I wouldn't even call her a victim. She's a survivor of domestic violence. That when she was married to Miles Davis, he was very, very abusive to her during their relationship. But she is alive to tell the story. She is alive as a support to black women to tell us that we are coming from good stock, that we are women who are to succeed and to survive. And so in giving Cicely Tyson her flowers, which are beyond due to her, she is a Tony Award-winning actress. You know, she has won awards and she has been honored for many, 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 many things. She has uh, honorary degrees. Um, like from Morehouse in Columbia. I know she's got an honorary degree from Howard. Cicely Tyson has been working for decades. Her career has expanded from, has spanned from the 50s all the way up until now. And she just recently was acknowledged on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, how does someone who has over a 60-year career finally just getting their award, their star on the Walk of Fame, I don't know. She should have been had this star, y'all. But not only did she get her star, she also got her imprint at the Chinese Men Theater that's in downtown um, Hollywood, Los Angeles. Well, not really downtown, but it's like, you know, Hollywood area. So she's got her stars, she's got her imprint, and she is long overdue. We've seen Cecily Tyson doing modeling. We've seen her do Sounders. She was in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. She was in The Help. Uh, Widow Tells All, she was in Roots, Mama Flora's family. Uh, on Broadway, she did, like, the gin game, and she did the trip to Bountiful, which was the first time I saw her alongside Vanessa L. Williams and Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, which was actually a fantastic show. And Cicely Tyson is all of 93 years young and looking amazing and just fantastic and fabulous and still traveling. I think she is someone who is a living legend, and she is black excellence embodied. She is one of the few who's still with us in terms of an era. Um, you know, she was born, you know, 1924, but she is still here, and she is still creating art. She's still creating excellence, and it's a reminder that we still need to give our elders their flowers too and still honor the work that they've done because we wouldn't be here if it was not for them and their activism. She is an activist, you know, so we're just grateful grateful for all that she's done and all that she continues to do and how she has shown us that you can rise above, you know, painful situations and things like that to still have a long-lasting career. So I'm grateful that she has survived to tell the story and that she has allowed herself to keep going and to not allow the hurt to keep her down. Right on. Shout out to Cicely Tyson. She is just an extraordinary actress. So beautiful, so classy, and it's just, you know, I'm looking right now through her credits. There's just so much that she's done from the early 60s up until early, the late 50s even, up until right now. Like, she is actively working as we speak. She's probably filming something right this second. So shout out to her. Shout out to all of the women of that generation who have taught us that we are more than overcomers. And Portia, I really appreciate what you said. We are not victims. 
We are overcomers. We are survivors. We are pressing forward. Despite all attempts at hindering us, we're pressing onward. And speaking of Cicely Tyson, let's talk about a show that I love and a show that Portia loves. I love How to Get Away with Murder. Do you love How to Get Away with Murder, Portia? I do. I love everything Shonda Rhimes mm. puts her hands to. Well, except Grave Night, but we won't go there. And uh, Scandal, which I know Portia has avidly watched, and Scandal, of course, just sang its swan song and went off the air. Shouts out to you, Carrie uh, Washington, because we know how much she led that series and how hard she must have worked on that show and to the entire cast of Scandal. Um, but, you know, Portia, I love that How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal crossover episode. I love Viola Davis. Shouts out to Viola Davis every day of the year. Um, like Cicely Tyson, I just think she is just a class act as an actress, as a woman. She's also just such an overcomer. I love seeing Cicely uh, Viola Davis play mother and daughter together on that show because I think not only are they great examples of black woman magic and power and pressing onward, they're also just outstanding actresses. And I love every time we get to see them on screen together. It's absolutely beautiful. I love that role for Viola Davis. Annalise Keating is like the messiest person ever. And I just love how well Viola Davis plays that off. So I still love her, even though she's doing these crazy things to people. But I love that crossover episode of How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. And even if you don't watch the show, I definitely recommend watching that episode. You really don't need too much context. Annalise is a messy lawyer. And (laughs) she's kind of started to get her life together. And she ends up getting a case all the way to the Supreme Court. And it's amazing. And she's basically calling out the public defender's system um, on the racism of the entire system, that you have all these people who have been getting poor representation from an overworked criminal justice system, and they're basically locked up for years, some of them in solitary confinement, because basically the color of their skin, they didn't get the representation that they deserved. Um, And then obviously poor people fall into that trap as well, um, regardless of whether or not they're people of color. And so Annalise obviously has all this messiness going on, And so Olivia Pope comes in and is kind of her fixer and helps her out. And it's so beautiful because they both kind of help each other's reputation. Annalise is showing that Olivia Pope is able to get something right and do something right. And vice versa, Olivia Pope does the same thing for Annalise Keating. And so it's beautiful to see even the two of them act with each other, to see Carrie Washington acting with Cicely Tyson. It's just so beautiful. But there's this speech that Viola makes in the courtroom. You can find it. It's like floating all over the Internet if you don't want to watch the entire episode. But where she talks about the fact that racism is bred into the DNA of the United States of America, which is just too real and so true. And so I just want to give a shout out to Shonda Rhimes for making that happen, for bringing all of these excellent black women to our screen. Um, there are excellent black women who are on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I haven't watched in years, but I know that there are just such excellent black actresses on that show. There are excellent actors on, uh, or there were excellent actors on Scandal. Um, Viola Davis is everything, and she has um, some beautiful black women who are on the cast with her. And so I just want to celebrate um, Shondaland for all you do to represent black womanhood and all of its messiness and complexity, all the great things that we do, all the less than great things that we do, and really to that episode because I think it highlighted a real problem in American society, but it did it in such a black, excellent, melanin-on-fleek melanin sort of way. So I just want to give a shout-out to that episode and to both of those shows for the way that they represent us so well. Portia, who else do you have, girl? Well... I have gotten the one and the only, you know, because, Jamie, we've got to have a brother. You know, we've got to. we just got to. Even though this is about women and, you know, our show is primarily about women and for women, but, you know, we've got to throw in some, bro- some brothers too, you know, because we got our bow ties. And so, you know, I've just got to shout out my one and only K-Dot, Kung Fu Kenny, the one and the only Kendrick Lamar, okay? Kendrick Lamar Duckworth, 30 years of age, about to turn 31, who just recently won the Pulitzer Prize for music for his album, Grammy Award-winning album, Damn. And so we just got to love some Kendrick Lamar. I absolutely love him in so many ways as an artist. I love him as a poet. I love him as a producer. I think he is um, 
incredibly conscious. I mean, there's so many other, uh, you know, young rappers and other people who are also doing the thing, like J. Cole. I love his relationship and camaraderie with J. Cole, who also just put out an album as well. Um, but I truly just love Kendrick Lamar. I remember the moment I first um, saw him my senior year of, of college, and I remember uh, the class, we kind of booed him off stage. I'm going to keep it real. And I always tell people, you don't be out here booing people because you just never know who people might turn into one day. And Kendrick was one of those people that I think we should have been a little bit more mindful and paying a little bit more attention to. And he has taken off like a rocket. I'm glad he didn't allow that moment to define who he is. I think it is important to not let our uh, low moments define who we will become and who we can be. And this was way before Good Kid Mad City came out. So Good Kid Mad City came out in 2012. This was in the overly dedicated and Section 8 era of Kendrick Lamar's uh, career, if anybody uh, follows Kendrick. And so um, really, but Good Kid Mad City was the album that really took him over the edge, and people really saw him and started to respect him. This past year, he did uh, his album down in 2017, right? That came out in 2017, right? Oh, my gosh, look at my timeline. It's all jacked up. In any case, his um, Dan came out in 2017. I'm almost positive it came out in 2017. I, time is moving on. But in any case, this year, this Black Panther soundtrack came out in 2018. And so we all saw Black Panther. We got our lives together. But he was the one who was commissioned to do the soundtrack. And I, I play that soundtrack out, girl. When I tell you I see Kendrick as now not just as an artist, as a performer, but also as a curator, using different types of music kind of in here, but mostly hip-hop, but just uh, bringing a variety of different artists together as a producer, I think he is definitely worth noting in terms of excellence. I truly, 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 truly um, just enjoy everything that Kendrick touches. And I definitely continue to pray for him and much success and that he continues to keep his head on straight. <laughs> you know, because I realize that we must be uh, mindful of how we critique uh, genius sometimes because we just never know where it can turn and turn left. But in this particular season of Kendrick's life, I am definitely grateful for what he has to offer to hip-hop and what he has to offer the culture. And so I definitely got to shout out uh, Kendrick Lamar, who I just love and adore and appreciate just for all he does. Fabulous. And let's move on to another brother, since we're going to do our brothers right now. Uh, I want to shout out Jordan Peele, uh, who obviously has had a great year and new doors are opening for him. Uh, we've talked a lot in the past about the movie Get Out, and so I'm not going to say really anything else about it except to say that it is a film that has really shifted the culture. It shifted the landscape for black filmmakers, especially those who work in the genres of horror and any kind of black science fiction. Uh, we're recording this about May 18th. Um, so on the 17th, I went to a panel discussion with some Afrofuturist filmmakers, and uh, they showed us their short films that they've worked on uh, all, you know, about 12, 13, 14 minutes long. And then when we did Q&A with them, uh, they spoke at length about the impact of both the movies Get Out and Black Panther on their career over the course of the past few years. And while I definitely don't want to celebrate the fact that um, the industry is racist and <laughs> it takes these two films to somehow, quote, unquote, prove that black films can do well worldwide, um, I am always excited about people like Jordan Peele um, and like Ryan Coogler, who directed on um, Black Panther, who are just the shining image and example that black films do very well, not only in the United States, but also around the world. And so I really want to salute Jordan Peele for his example that we, those of us who consider ourselves to be creative or who considers ourselves to be artists, that we have a responsibility to tell the truth. And that's something that the medium of filmmaking, that's something that the medium of music, to go back to the example of Kendrick Lamar, that's something that the media of visual art, that's something that the medium of dance, to go back to Alvin Ailey, that's something that those mediums can really offer us, the opportunity to tell 
the truth. And so I want to encourage everyone who is um, listening to this, who is an artist, uh, regardless of your racial background or your gender, tell the truth. Tell stories. Create art that tells the truth as you see it. And don't be afraid. Reach out to people. You know, Jordan Peele made um, the movie Get Out on a very, very, very low budget. So reach out to people. See who will support you. See who will be your advocate. See who shares your vision because I guarantee you that there's somebody else out there who shares your vision. And just be courageous and move forward and keep creating your art. Don't be afraid, and we can't wait to see it. So, Jamie, before we get to, like, you know, our super-duper honorable mention people, you know, we've got to go in on someone who we both love and who we both appreciate because she's out here just doing it for everybody, for all of us, and she's just changing the world, and she was even said to have the best invention of 2017. So who are we talking about, Jamie? <laughs> it's that style, Riri. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Rihanna, Robin, Rihanna, Fenty. Yeah. She's just the greatest right now. I mean, she's really out here doing her thing with Fenty Beauty to uh, Fenty Savage to Fenty Puma to just everything. Like, Rihanna is really just out here just a glowing and amazingness that she is. I mean, Mm -hmm. she really is a talent among us. And to be so young, to be so thoughtful, to be so creative, and to create space for everyone, I think uh, Rihanna is someone definitely worth applauding, for real. She really is. Yeah. I mean, she's going for real because her makeup be glowing. She's also going to be in Ocean's 8, which I think is out now. So we have to go check that out to see our girl. But, yeah, I mean, like you, Portia, I think – First of all, Rihanna has been part of our lives since we were, what, 17, 18? She started releasing music. And one thing that I was always really impressed by with her is that clearly she has a great work ethic. She was putting out albums so quickly. Um, She always had so many hits on each of her albums. She was always out, you know, on tour. She was always out performing. She, like Cicely Tyson, who we were talking about earlier, in the public eye overcame um, an incident of domestic violence. And... She is so strong. She is a survivor, and she is a woman who's thriving. Like you said, she is a mogul, and I've always been been really pleasantly pleased and inspired by that, that she has not only confined herself to music, but she's always been on screen, in movies, on TV shows, in hosting jobs. She's always performing. She's always had clothing lines. Now she has her makeup. She's just She's a real mogul. <laughs> the other thing I love about Rihanna is whenever we see her in interviews, um, whenever we hear her music, whenever we see her clothing line, she's always just so authentically herself, which I think is really, really challenging to kind of go back to what we were just talking about, about the challenge of making art. Um, and one thing that I have to celebrate, you know, with her and so many other of the black women in entertainment who we love so much right now, the reason why we love them is because of their authenticity. And so shouts out to Rihanna for not only being a mogul and a boss, but also just for being so authentic. So authentic, like so authentic in every way. And Rihanna actually, I was uh, looking back, and she's actually been out here since 2005. (laughs) Music of the Sun came out in 2005, y'all. Like I remember where I was in 2005, getting called by Jesus to preach the gospel. Um, but, yeah, like, she, she's been out here for a while, and she really has been doing it. It feels like, you know, she would be much older than what she is. I mean, she's just 30. <laughs> um, but it just feels like she's been doing much more longer. But she, she hasn't. Like, Rihanna's been here, but she's still got a long career ahead of her. And um, just from her Vogue uh, covers and her photo shoots that she's done as a model to how she slays us every year at the Met Gala, um, I'm just so impressed by her and just impressed by who she is and how she is authentically and unashamedly herself. And just to wrap us up with another person who's a great artist and a great filmmaker who you all know that I love so much, Ava DuVernay. And Ava DuVernay is actually a UCLA grad, and y'all know that I am a PhD candidate at UCLA right now, so I'm really excited to 
start TAing, and maybe I'll get to teach the next Ava DuVernay. <laughs> but Ava has been a businesswoman for so long. Um, you know, she started out in consulting here in LA and had a huge firm. Then in her 30s, she decided to pick up a camera for the first time, and it clicked, and it worked, and she started making films, and she makes some of our favorite TV shows, some of our favorite movies. Um, she recently made the film A Wrinkle in Time, which is a classic book, and she adapted it for film. And there's actually a test that's named after um, Ava DuVernay because of her commitment to diversity, not only on screen, but also on the entire set that she's working on. And so you might have heard of the Bletchel test, and that's basically a test to see if two female characters are talking do they only exclusively talk about men in their conversations? And so the DuVernay test is basically a test to make sure that you have diverse, not only casting on your set, but also diverse people who are working on your set. So it's not only the people we see in front of the camera, that's important, but it's also the people who are writing, the people who are filming, the people who even are on set um, doing costuming, doing wardrobe, um, doing craft services, all of those people are part of what makes the workplace what it is. And so thank you, Ava DuVernay, for your commitment to creating the stories that we didn't even know that we needed to see and for your commitment to diversity in all aspects of what you do. Yes, indeed. You know, got to love us from Ava DuVernay. Um, Shouts out to Queen Sugar, which is coming back quite soon. So I hope you all are looking at OWN you know, hashtag Oprah enthusiast over here. Um, hope you're looking up at your local own listings that you might catch up with season three of uh, Queen Sugar and the Borderline family. Shout out to Ava DuVernay. So, <laughs> Jamie, we've got some honorable mentions. You know, everybody can't necessarily win. I look at me calling us uh, the awards show here. Everyone can't win. But, you know, we can give out some Mr. and Miss Congenialities, you know, and some <laughs> honorable mentions. Um, you know, thank you for participating in this year's uh, event. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's a, a complete joke, y'all. Um, no, it's really more so about, like, for sake of time, not that, you know, anyone who we're about to mention is not small in any way. Um, they are doing fantastic things and changing the landscape, um, one of each of them, one of another. Um, so we're definitely going to put that out there. They, I mean, these are some people who are really moving and shaking and doing it for the culture. My first honorable mention that I want to mention is Donald Glover, um, who's also known as Childish Gambino, you know, if you follow him musically. But Donald Glover, you know, he is an EGOT in the making. Um, and maybe even a PGOT in the making, which means, you know, uh, his Pulitzer, Emmy, Tony, Oscar, um, Golden Globe, you know, all that, Grammy. There we go. That's the G, Grammy. So I think he is on his way. He has his uh, Emmy. He's got his, he's got his Grammy. You know, I think he's, he's definitely on his way. He's fantastic on Atlanta, which is a show I really enjoy. It's a comedy you know, on um, FX. Check it out. And he did SNL recently, and it was fantastic. And then um, we know his alias, Donald, um, Donald Glover's alias, Charles Cambino, came out with a, a video, This is America, which I will say needs to come with a, a warning label, <laughs> you know, a trigger warning, literally. For those of us who may have, like, PTSD of um, just of gun violence and stuff like that, you may want to just, you know, caution yourself. But in terms of just his genius overall, um, Donald Glover is doing a fantastic job, and he's getting ready to be in Solo, the Star Wars uh, saga's, you know, Star Wars franchise. There we go. He's going to be in the Solo film. And so um, shout out to Donald Glover. Who else we got, Jamie? Yep, yep, yep. All right, a few more honorable mentions. We have to give an honorable, an honorable mention and a shout out to our girl, Serena Williams. Serena Williams is, has been incredible uh, in the tennis game for so long, as we know. Serena Williams inspires us both on and off the court. She recently had a child with her uh, husband, Alexis Ohanian, and their baby is just so beautiful, and it's just really cool to see her being a mom and embracing motherhood and everything that looks like. Um, she has her documentary on HBO, Being Serena, and she's you know into all sorts of business ventures these days. And, of course, she's back on the tennis court, which is where we love seeing her. And, Serena, girl, go wherever you want. Do whatever you want. You are just such a superstar to us. We're so proud of you. Keep it pushing. And yay tennis, yay Serena. Who else do you have, Portia? 
I have the one and the only Lena Waithe, who I love, Perfect. love, love, and love, 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 and adore. <laughs> oh, my God, Lena Waithe. Um, if you saw her at uh, the Met Gala, I mean, she was just a standout, first of all. She had the entire LGBTQIA flag as her, you know, cape um, for clergy attire. And I was just like, yes, just like all over yes. Like I love Lena just for who she is, for her creative mind. She actually used to kind of intern with Ava DuVernay. So, you know, there's that little connection there. She is just fantastic with what she's done on Master of None. But what she has done with The Shy and just the, the show The Shy that comes on Showtime, um, you can binge watch it now on Showtime, you know, the app and all that good stuff. You know, borrow somebody's password, praise God. And watch because it tells the story of these families who are coming together after gun violence and crime have impacted their household. And so Lena is really showing, uh, telling a story of urban America in a way that I don't think we get every single day on television in a very raw and a real way. And Lena is just fantastic and just all of her fantasticness. And she was on the cover of Vanity Fair. So um, check that out. Um, also written by a black woman. Her article was written by a black woman. So check that out. Um, just Lena Waithe is just giving us life. And she's just excellent and amazing. And she was honored at the Essence um, Black Women in Film uh, reception this year of Essence Magazine, who also is black-owned again. So Shout out to Essence Magazine and their acquisition from Time Warner and just, you know, doing it for us and for the people. And now they're headquartered in Brooklyn. Like, just shout out to Essence Magazine. Yeah, Lena Waithe out here doing it for all of us. Yes, and she was in the Steven Spielberg film Ready Player One this year. She also, this past year, was the first black woman to win an Emmy for comedy writing which, honestly, Emmys, you don't deserve a pat on the back for that. Black women have been killing a comedy writing game since we started writing. So that's a whole separate conversation. But shouts out to Lena Waite. I think she really, really deserved it for, like you said, for her work on Master of None. And it's just been really great to see her glow and to see her do her thing. And then, fortunately, I know you have another uh, honorable mention you want to chat about. Yes. And someone who is just fantastic and all of her just exuberance and her love and her joy and her light and just everything that she is. And that is Janelle Monet. Um, you got to give it up for little, little Miss Janelle Monet, as she is just fantastic. She is authentically herself. She is boldly herself. Um, she just came out addressing her sexuality, which she said she would probably never do, but now she did. And, you know, in a way, it's like, okay, girl, you know, be free. And then at the same time, it's like, I pray that she didn't do it, you know, for optics. And I don't think she did. I think she's just, you know, sharing a part of herself and making herself real, you know, to the world. And I appreciate just the joy she gives. I appreciate how she is proudly a feminist. I appreciate how she is just proudly just being who she is. Um, just loving on herself. And I just wish that men and women, all of us, would just love ourselves radically in the way that I see Janelle Monet loving on herself. I wish that we would dare to create art and say the things that scare us. Or So I am grateful that Janelle Monet continues to take risks. Musically, lyrically, she was influenced by Prince. She was mentored by Prince, not even uh, you know, influenced, but mentored by him. And so you see a lot of that coming out in her album, Dirty Computer, which was just released not long ago. And so check that out as well. I just think she's so stylish in her fashion, and she is just a bold, beautiful person inside and out. Um, and I just love following her and her travels and her adventures. And she's just just an amazing free spirit. And then she went to school in the Atlanta University Center. She went to Clark Atlanta University. So, of course, she's awesome. <laughs> of course, she is awesome. Right on. Okay, I didn't know that. So to close us out, I also want to give an honorable mention just to black athletes, especially those in the NFL, because uh, it was rough there for a second because a certain someone – uh, didn't understand that people have the right to peacefully protest in this country. That's part of what we were founded on. And I love seeing athletes um, in the NFL, in the NBA, and in all other sorts of sporting events, all the way on down to middle schools and high schools, colleges, um, HBCUs are not new to that kind of protest. 
And I just love seeing black athletes and just black people in general understand that we have the right to peacefully assemble. We have the right to peacefully protest um, a nation uh, that still is not living up to its promises to us. So I want to say thank you to black athletes because in some ways you all are public leaders for us. Um, You represent us. And thank you for representing us well this past year. So I think that kind of ends our award show, right, Portia? Yeah, I think so. I think it's been, you know, quite quite the show, you know, with all of our mentions and all of our award giving, you know, we just want to shout everybody out um, just for a great year. Um, and the year's not over, so that means, you know, there's more black excellence to come. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is going to come in terms of what we're going to do, and you know, through the summer what we're going to see through the fall and all that good stuff. And, yeah, Jamie, I'm really looking forward to the rest of 2018, aren't you? I'm looking forward to the rest of 2018 as well, and I really hope, Pearls, if you like this episode, let us know because we can do it on the regular because we want to celebrate even the things that you're doing. So, like, let us know. Write to us on Instagram, on Facebook. Send us an email. Let us know what you're up to so that we can celebrate you and shout you out as well. Yes, indeed. So, Jamie, you know what time of that show, part of the time of the show, blah, 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 blah. You know the time (laughs) of the show it is. So I know what time it is. (laughs) You know what time it is. I was rooting for you, Portia. I was rooting for you, girl. We were all rooting for you. (laughs) We were all rooting for you. Cash that rooting for everybody black. Uh, um, except for those who we are no longer rooting for. Um, uh, you are, and the community, mm. we know who, who we're no longer rooting for. Girl, I have so many petty pearls in my head. I'm trying to just <laughs> co- conclude on one. Um, All right. And I might just hit them really quickly because, you know what, they're kind of funny. So the first one I kind of mentioned, right, how I wish church folk would stop saying revelations for the Bible book when it's revelation, not revelations. I kind of, you know, said that. But I wish if we're going to commit to muting a particular artist at the cookout this summer, because you know, you know, Memorial Day um, is coming and the cookout season is upon us. If we're going to commit to muting a certain artist, hashtag mute, you know who? Let's not spin them at the day party. See, I had went to this day party recently, Jamie, and they were spinning that artist. And as soon as that artist came on, the, 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 the mood changed. Everything changed. Everything changed. And it was so annoying. So if we're going to commit to muting this artist, we need to do it authentically. Don't play his music. Don't play anything with his voice on it because guess what? Little petty Porsche just might come up and pull the plug. I'm just, just be warned. And so I'm going to stop there because the other petty things that I want to say, I'm just going to have to save it for when we have another Petty Pro episode. You know, we got to do another one of those, Jamie's, because, you know, I got some petty things that, you know, I probably will save because, girl, this summer we got to talk. So that's the shameless plug. So, Pearls, tune in for all of our summer season shows that are coming you know, your way sooner than later. Just get prepared. Though we're not in the summer season yet, get prepared because Jamie and I got something cooking. So I want to, you know, ease your palate now and just shout us out because we got some ideas coming your way and you're going to be excited. So I've got lots to be petty about in the summer. So Petty Pro Summer Edition is coming. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Tis all. Be blessing. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just two pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.